PHM Experience, the podcast. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries in Smyrna, Delaware, and we are going to be bringing you weekly sermons and our midweek services, as well as podcasts and interviews that we think are going to empower and enrich your life. When you're done listening, feel free to share with someone else, because you never know what impact the word may make. Be blessed. to serve you um, in this place. Um, Most of you know me, I'm Elder Corey Thomas. I'm a son of the ministry. Um, I wanna honor my wife, Minister Lanisha Thomas. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Really quick, we had a couple of uh, birthdays. I wanna wanna honor honor our sister, uh, Minister Rachel Ebanks. Her birthday was a couple of days ago. Praise God for her. My wife's birthday is up this upcoming Wednesday, the 9th. Um, any, any more November birthdays in the house anymore? Come on, praise God for our sister back there. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. If you're online, if it's your birthday, put it in the chat so we can celebrate you. Happy birthday to you. We pray that this month is just a blessed month for you. We pray that you experience the blessings and the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So listen, I have this word for you. I'm going to deliver, to, deliver it to you as the Lord has given it to me. I don't believe you being here is an accident today. I believe that the word that the Lord has given me is for those that are here. You know, there's some people who chose to not come to church, do whatever they wanted to do. But you made up your mind to come to the house of the Lord because Lord, the Lord had a word for you. <laughs> the Lord had a word for you. We're going to go to uh, Matthew chapter 17. You guys can continue to play softly. so grateful. There's a song in my heart. I've been listening to it all week. I've been so grateful that the Lord has rescued me. He's rescued me. He's rescued all of us. And this whole year as I was thinking about it, and I was, I was sitting, I was looking at my family, and I'll put it to you like this. We was doing devotional we was doing devotional as a family. We was doing a devotional about superheroes. And my children, they was like, Dad, who's your favorite superhero? And you can't use Jesus. <laughs> they say, you have to use a natural person. You know, they're kids. And I began to look around the room. And my wife was sitting over there. And I wasn't sure if she was ready for my answer. But I said, one of my favorite superheroes is my wife. She's my superhero. And some of you guys have heard my testimony before, but if it wasn't for that evangelist in her pushing and and, and pushing on me and and asking me and and, and telling me that it was important for me to go to church, I probably would be someplace else right now. I would not be doing this, I promise you. I probably would have been a statistic. I'd probably be dead in jail somewhere, messed up. But when I thought about how God used her, and because he used her, he brought me to this house, he brought me to this church, and he was able to allow me to meet a man, man of God and the word of God and me being exposed to Jesus Christ. I was thanking the Lord for rescuing me. I said, Lord, you rescued me. You rescued me from, from me. <laughs> I thought I knew what to do. I thought I knew the right way. I thought 
I had this all planned out. You know, you know, we all have our hopes and our dreams, and we have these images and visions of how we think the life is going to be and how life should be. But Lord, the Lord interrupted that, and he said, I'm going to sit you down in Smyrna, Delaware. <laughs> Little old Smyrna, and can I tell you something? When, when, he, when he brought me here, I was like, I don't want to live in Smyrna, Delaware. It's, you know, being from New York, it's a spooky town. It's a ghost town. You know, you read one of them horror movies. Like, I'm scared to drive by myself around these parts. But it was in Smyrna, Delaware. God saved my life. It was in Smyrna. God delivered me. It was in Smyrna, Delaware, the place I was rejecting, my God. The place I was rejecting. God said, I have a blessing for you. So some of you may be questioning, or if you're in the right place at the right time, I've come to tell you, you're at the right place at the right time. This is the place that God is choosing to rescue you. This is the place where God is choosing to reveal himself to you at a whole nother level. Amen? Amen. Nikki, you want to sing that song for me? You have rescued my life. You have rescued my life. You have rescued my life. In our in his arms. You're in a safe place. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. I'm reading out of the NIV version. I'm going to be reading from verses 1 through 8. And it reads, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up high up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. 
His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from, from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Bless the reading of the word. Bless the reading of the word. My title for this morning is Uncomfortably Blessed. Uncomfortably Blessed. Uncomfortably Blessed. As I was uh, preparing um, for this um, to speak, I was feeling um, all sorts of uncomfortability, um, naturally and spiritually. Um, and to be honest with you, um, since 2020, um, it's kind of been the norm to feel this uncomfortable, unsettling feeling on the inside. And we understand now that we are not living based off our feelings, but we lay, we're living based off our knowing. We, under, we understand that, but that doesn't mean you don't feel things. <laughs> you still have feelings. You can't make your decisions based off your feelings, but you still feel them. They're still there. I like how uh, my brother, Elder Tony, had presented to me one time. He said, your, 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 your feelings, it's like a, it's like a gauge. It's help, Elder Tony Hammond is helping you to gauge where you are and where you need to make adjustments. He told me that some time ago. I've always remembered that. I even told it to my children. Um, it's a gauge. So you have these feelings that you have inside of you, and it, 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 it lets you know where you're at and where you need to kind of position yourself and where you need to change. You could be too hot, you could be too cold, but we all know we're trying to get that temperature in the right place. So your feelings still have a purpose. You can't ignore, ignore them, but the feeling of uncomfortability has been very funny. And as I was preparing for this, I started to ask the Lord, I said, why, uh, why have you uh, placed us all in this uncomfortable, unsettling position? You know, everything has changed. There's a lot that has changed in the world. Our society has changed so much from, uh, uh, from, the relig from religion to, uh, the, 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 to, to education, to government, to politics. Everything is changing. There are traditions that are being pulled down. There are things that God is allowing to be built up. There are things that God is allowing to be dismantled, but there are things that he's allowing to happen for our good. It would almost seem like it's the best of times, but it's the worst of times too. You know, it, 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 it really just depends on your perspective, right? Because depending on your perspective and your experiences, we can all ex be experiencing the same thing, but we can all get something out of it based on our perspective and our experiences, right? So we're all being effect affected by this change or, as the Scripture would put it, this transformation. I love how uh, the Scripture talks about Jesus being transformed. He was teaching his disciples um, what that really looked like and how uncomfortable that may feel, but it's a reality that we are being transformed, 
we are being transformed. That word transformed that we see in this scripture is also the same word that is being used in uh, Romans chapter 12, where it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've heard it teach, we've heard it preach. It's just, it's the word metamorphosis. It's a word that uh, God uses to let us know that there, there's a transformation that needs to take place on the inside of all of us. A, trans a transformation that is necessary, but I don't know about you. Anytime I go through anything that's, that, that transformed my life, that, that, that's helpful for me, that's helpful for me to grow and be a better person, it doesn't feel well. It doesn't feel good, but I'm wise enough to understand that even though it doesn't feel good, I'm in a place of growth. I'm in a, a place of maturity. I'm in a place where God is doing something special in my life. So I've learned now not to quit or give in, but to press into it. I'm pressing in to the uncomfortability because I realize it's a blessed place for me. I said this to someone. I said, I said, I'd rather be uncomfortable in the presence of the Lord or be comfortable in a place of disobedience. I'd rather be, I'm going to say it again, I'd rather be uncomfortable in the presence of the Lord than be comfortable in disobedience. <laughs> there, there are many that are uncomfortable in disobedience. But I would rather be uncomfortable in this place where, you know, I'm turning to my left, to my right, I'm, I'm tossing and turning, but I know God is with me. I know he hasn't forsaken me. His word says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. His word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you even in your uncomfortable state. You're uncomfortably blessed. It's all based on your perspective and how you see it. But you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Someone say, may say, preacher, I, I don't know how I'm blessed. I'm, I'm dealing with financial situations. I'm, feeling, I'm dealing with people, uh, uh, family situations, all type of situations is coming at me. How am I blessed? But if we go to the scriptures, if we look at history, when God was trying to, when God was trying to uh, bless Abraham, he called them from a place, of being un a place of being comfortable to a place of being uncomfortable when he called him to go to a strange place. Leave everything you know. Leave the people you know. Leave your comfortability. I'm taking you to a place that you don't even know about, but you have to yet trust me. Through history, God has used this, this system of uncomfortability to bless his people and take us to places we need to be for his glory but our good. Let's look at the story of Joseph. Think about this. Joseph was a man that was portrayed by his brothers. He was living in a place of comfortability. You know, he was pretty much, he was the favorite son. Everybody knew that, right? But look what happened to him. He was betrayed by his family. He was, he was thrown in a pit. He was thrown in prison. He was placed in a place of being uncomfortable. And if I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I was just, I'd be like, you know, surely God has left me. I'm in prison. I'm done, I've done something wrong. Folks lying on me. I, 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 I must, what is going on? Surely you've left me. But yet God was still with him, even in his place of being uncomfortable. And let's look at Moses. Moses. God called Moses. He was out there uh, tending to the sheep. He had escaped the grip of Pharaoh. He escaped the, 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 the grip of, of Egypt. He was out there minding his own business. And what God called him to go do something that he didn't think he could do. God said, I need you to go speak for me. Be a vessel for me. I need you to go do something that you're not comfortable with doing. I need you to speak, speak up and be a leader. Moses had all type of insecurities. He didn't believe he could speak well. He didn't believe that he had what it took to be the leader that God had called him to be. Can you imagine God waking you up or meeting you one day? And he says, listen, I need you to be a deliverer of millions of people. Could you imagine that? 
I need you to go to millions of people and I need you to tell them that I am their God and I've come to deliver, come to deliver them out of the hand of bondage. Can you imagine how uncomfortable he felt, but God was yet still making him to be who he wanted him to be. Lastly, let's look at Gideon. Many of us know the story, but if you don't, Gideon was pretty much a wimp. He was a coward. He was hiding. His people were being oppressed. His people were being attacked, and he's hiding. But yet God calls him out of that hiding place to a place of uncomfortability to be a leader. The man that was hiding, the man that was under the wine press, you're now calling him to a place to now be a leader, to be a spokesman, to go fight a war? I know he had to be uncomfortable. I know, I know, I, I know he wasn't feeling the best about that. You know, and then just imagine, God calls him, he, 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 he builds up this army, so maybe he gets a little comfortable, like, okay, well, maybe it's possible for me to do it. Maybe there's a chance for me to do it. Maybe I can do this. And then God says, well, let's wind, let's wind this all the way down to 300. Let's bring this all the way down because even though I called you, I don't want no one else to get the glory. I'm making you, 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 I'm making you better. I'm stretching you out of your comfort zone. I'm stretching you to a new place, but you have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. I'm going to be real transparent with y'all. Personally, the last two years has been really uncomfortable with me, uh, not necessarily financially, but in regards to business, in, in regards to business, because um, you guys heard me say it before, there's things that are going on in our economy, there's things that's changing, and I have this, I have this, this, this part of me that wants to go make moves and wants to, you know, do things, but, but I'm also led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is saying, I need you to sit still. And I'm only telling you this because this is, this is the fourth quarter, right? So it, it seems like the heat has been turned up a little bit, right? Those desires are coming back again. The, the desires to, the, or the temptations to be disobedient is trying to come back around again. But God is saying, I need you to sit still. But to be real with you, me sitting still is uncomfortable. I feel like I'm not doing the right thing, but yet I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm in a blessed place, but it's so uncomfortable. I'm, I'm so tired of this feeling. I, I just want it to go away. I want this, I want this assuredness and this, this, this confidence that where I'm at, what I'm doing, uh, uh, the decisions I'm making is the right thing. Everything is changing around me. And I'm like, I'm like Lord, I just want to know that I'm in the right place doing the right thing. I, I, don't, I don't want this indecisiveness no more. That, that uncomfortability that you're experiencing is because you haven't settled on the Word of God yet. Now, can I just be real? I, I haven't necessarily settled with His Word yet. Because if I settle with His Word, then I'll become, become, become more comfortable in it. I'm uncomfortable because I haven't chosen to settle yet. I'm still wavering back and forth with what He said. Like, I hear you. I mean, how many of us can say, I hear you, Lord. I know you're speaking to me, but I, I, haven't, I haven't accepted that yet. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still struggling with that. I'm, I'm still warring with that word. It's causing this uncomfortability, even in my business, right? So going into 2021, 
I'm like, well, we're coming out of 2020. I went ahead and I did all these renovations to my office. I, I got my floors, my floors redone. I have, we have real hardwood floors in it. I had them restained. Um, I painted the, painted the facility. Um, I bought all this furniture. I spent all this money. You know, because I'm, I'm like, if we're coming back, we're coming back with a bang. You know, we're coming back different. We're coming back fresh. That wasn't just a word for here, but that was a word for every part of my life. I'm coming back in my business fresh. When the clients walk in, they're going to walk into a new atmosphere. They're going to know that something has been different. I did all of this work. I put out all of this money because I thought it was the right thing, and nobody wants to come into the office no more. I'm sitting there, 2021, I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs, and people are calling in. I'm like, do you want to, you know, I want them to come in. Come on in, you know, come see this new, you know. I paid all this money. Come on in. And, and again, this is my industry because I do insurance. So I'm like, come on in. And they said, no, no, just text me. Just email me. You know, we don't need to do all that. <laughs> we, you, you, we don't need to do all that. So, you know, people are in this mode now where they just want you to email them. They want you to text them, right? But me being a financial, you know, you know, me understanding finances and insurance, I'm like, you want your insurance guy to text you? We're talking about your insurance, your finances, your assets. Uh, you don't want that face-to-face -face conversation? But that's the reality of where we are. But, but, but it, made, it made me feel uncomfortable because I was trying to hold on to something that was no longer was. I'm, I'm, I'm having this tug of war because now I'm expecting for things to go back in my business. Not necessarily the, the, the same, but I'm expecting certain behaviors to come back around. And now I, I got to the point where I don't even go into the office no more. I'm home every day. I'm, I may go to the office maybe once or twice a week to maybe check the well. Bishop say to me all the time, he say, son, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. So I don't know how you don't go into the office. I, I got to go. And it's like, a, a part of me used to be like that. I used to have to go, 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 because that was who I was. And that's where the uncomfortability is coming in for me, because I'm so used to knocking on doors. I'm so used to grinding. I'm so used to talking to people. I'm so used to getting out and doing my normal routine, because that's just who I am. And now God is saying, that's not the flow no more. That, that, that's not the flow no more. That, that's not the flow. But, but, but for the last eight years, that was my flow. And, and, and it's uncomfortable to get me to a new flow. I, I'm getting there, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable in it. I'm like, Lord, I know you're pulling me to a new stream. I, I know you're pulling me in a different direction, but it hurts. It's, it's discomforting. It's discomforting. So for the last, even now, I've been in this tug of war. Like, well, Lord, what do you, you know, it's, 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 it's weird. It, this is a weird situation. And, and this is also weird about it. Even though the flow has changed, my money hasn't changed. I mean, as far as bad, as far as bad, as far as bad, let me be clear. It hasn't changed per se where it's decreased anything. Like people are still doing what they do. People still calling for quotes. I'm still writing policies. I'm, I'm still doing what I'm doing. This is just my testimony. I'm, I'm just telling you. So I'm sitting there. It's like an oxymoron, right? I'm so used to doing this and doing that and doing that to make it happen. And now God is saying, I'm making it happen without you. I'm making it happen without you. It's a new flow. 
so, so I know it's blessed, but it's uncomfortable. So I have these days where I'm up and down. One day I'm talking about like, do I need to go do this? Do I need to? She's like, you need to sit down. I'm like, but, but I feel like I need to go do this. I feel like I need to, I need to go put some flyers out. I, I need to be online marketing. I need to be go talking to somebody. I need to be putting out cards. I need to do this. I need to do that. She's like, you need to go sit down. <laughs> you need to go sit down. It, 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 I'm telling y'all, it's crazy. I wake up, I wake up, and I'm telling you, you know, I wake up, and I, I still work from home. I, you know, I'm still working, but it's not the same flow. And, and, and I'm just being transparent because it's uncomfortable right now at this moment. But I realize that I'm in a blessed place. And I share all that to share with you that you guys, all of you, I believe all of us, I don't believe this is just a Corey thing. I don't, I don't think this is just, uh, just me. It's, I believe God is speaking to you all. I believe God has us all in this place that would seem uncomfortable because we're in this in-between place. Listen, let's be real. I don't know if I want to move. I don't know if I want to go to another state. I don't know if I want to stay at my church. I, I, listen, some folks don't even know if they want to be saved no more. They, they questioning their salvation. Do, do, I even, do I even believe what I believe anymore? It's this, it's this questioning. And, and what I like about this, as we come back to this scripture, as we come back to Matthew 17, let's tie this in. The disciples is with Jesus, and he takes them up to this high mountain, and, and he allows them to experience and see, see some things that seems very strange. First of all, they see in folks that's supposed to be dead. Moses and Elijah are supposed to be dead, right? Right? Moses went up. They don't know what happened. Elijah, matter of fact, let me correct that. Elijah went up with the Lord. Why are you talking to folks that's supposed to be dead? Not here anymore. You, you're putting us in this uncomfortable situation, Lord. We're, we're walking with you. As a matter of fact, we've been walking with you for the last three and a half years. If we do a little bit more background on the context of what's happening in this scripture, this is at the latter part of Jesus' ministry. They have been walking with him for three and a half years at this point. They have seen him do miracles. Jesus has said many things to them. They, they're walking with him. He's been telling them stuff, but now he brings them into this place of uncomfortability to show them something. He shows them something that he's been telling them. If you go back and take some time and go back and read in Matthew chapter 16, it's, it's interesting. He's, that's when he started to tell them that he needed to go be crucified. He needed to go be killed. And, and this is the part where, where, where Peter gets rebuked. Re Peter gets rebuked saying, no, Lord, you're not going to get killed. I, you, that, that's not the way. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. He, he tells him, listen, you, the words you are saying, the words that you're speaking is not of God. Peter gets rebuked for, for trying to stop the Lord from doing what was necessary. And then right after that, the next chapter, the Bible says six days later, he takes him up to this high mountain. Because I could just imagine that at this point, their, their, their faith, what they were thinking, everything that was going on may have caused them to question whether they, whether they were the right person. Because they had their own ideas. It's like I had my own ideas of what life should be and what thing, how things should be. They had their own ideas about Jesus. Just like we all have our own ideas of who Jesus is. We all have our own ideas until Jesus shows up and reveals himself to us how he wants to be received. We all have our own idea. We, we're all a little judgmental, <laughs> if we be honest. So they tell Jesus, no, 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 no. You're not going to die. You, that's, not, that's not your course, because they believe Jesus was supposed to be this, this king, this, this king that was going to come save them from the hands of the Roman. 
And he said, no, no, you guys are misunderstanding. You misunderstand who I, you're misunderstanding who I am. I'm not going to just free you from the Romans, but I'm, see, I'm freeing you from the hand of the enemy. I'm going to free you from death, hell, and the grave. I'm freeing you from sin. Don't, don't misunderstand who I am. Understand that I'm not just freeing you from physical bondage, but I'm going to free you from spiritual bondage too. But it's going to cause you to get to a place of being uncomfortable to experience that. He's speaking to them. He's telling them things that they just don't understand. I believe that God is speaking to us. He's telling us things that, that we have not yet fully understand, but I believe by the end of this year, we're going to understand them. By the end of this year, we're going to understand them. By the end of this year, we're going to come down off that mountain, that high mountain that he has bringing us to, brought us to, and we're going to have greater clarity of who Jesus is. The, the stretching, the being uncomfortable. Why, why, why is this all important? Why is God using uncomfortability? It's because he's using it to stretch us. He's using it to make us better. He's using it, he's using it to, to push us to a place where we go deeper in our research, deeper in our study, deeper in our relationship with him. You know, what's interesting is uh, in, the, in the past two years, I've studied the Bible, but I'm studying it a, a, a little bit more in depth. And my wife had asked me a question and, and th- this is coming out of uh, uh, just not accepting what people had said to you. And w- what was said to me wasn't necessarily here. I heard it other places. How many people thought or heard that uh, hallelujah is the highest praise? How many heard that? Hallelujah is the highest praise. If you go in your Bible, it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. It doesn't say hallelujah. If you go to, if you go to, because when my wife asked me, right, she said, she said, why hallelujah, high praise? I went based off some of the teaching, right? Not necessarily here. I said, oh, that's in Revelation 19. We went back and read it. That's not what it says. It tells you that hallelujah is a command to praise. So when I say hallelujah, you don't say hallelujah back. You just start <laughs> praising them. Hallelujah. Praise them. It's a command to praise. So it's just little things like that that you've been taught or you, you've been thinking that was right, but it's like it's not, that's not even biblical. It doesn't say hallelujah is the highest praise, right? It doesn't say that. So it's this, it's this stretching, it's this uncomfortability that's causing me to go back and reevaluate the Scripture. Does it really say that? Does it really mean that? It's, it's nothing against the te- our teachers, right? I, I believe they gave us the best they knew what they knew. They gave us the best they had with what they knew. But it's, it's, it's on us to go further, to get more clarity. A- amen? And, and guess what? That getting that clarity causes you discomfort, right? Because then you have to challenge what you thought to be true, what you thought was right. And then now you come to this understanding that that's not even right. So now you've, you've built up these habits of doing stuff that was incorrect. And it's uncomfortable untraining yourself, untraining yourself from behaviors and things that's not even right. That, that, that's uncomfortable, but it's blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. If, if you are blessed enough to realize that, hey, what I was doing was wrong and I found a better way, you are blessed. Some people choose not to grow. Some people choose not to do better. Some people choose to stay the same way year after year after year. But if you made up your mind that you're learning something new, you're doing something better, and you're going in a new direction, you are blessed. You are blessed. Go back and read it in your own time. If, hey, if you guys find it, I've searched the Bible. I've been looking. I didn't see anywhere where it said hallelujah was the highest praise. 
my research on it, man of God set it up here with me, it means to, it's a command to praise. So when I'm saying hallelujah, I'm telling you to praise him. I'm commanding, I'm, I'm saying you need to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God is using uncomfortability. Uncomfortability normally has a negative connotation. In other words, it's when, when people hear uncomfortability, it's normally used in a negative uh, 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 way. The words that are used or, or, or next to it or, or related to it are usually, it's usually used in a, in a negative way. But I like how God is using or has used uncomfortability in a good way. He has used this to stretch us. He, he, he's used, he, listen, he has used me in the last year to be uncomfortable even in my marriage to be more transparent. Let me tell you something. Uh, me and my wife, we were just talking about this. Um, she, she's always asking me. She's like, she's like, Corey, I want to know what's going on in your head. I want you to talk to me. And I'm looking at her like, you really want to know what's going on in my head? Do you really? You know, I'm just being real, right? But we had this conversations, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this in a, 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 a chauvinistic way, but the Lord told me I had to train her on creating an environment where I can be transparent with her. I had to train her, right? I'm, I'm not saying that in a chauvinistic way, but help her to understand, babe, this is how I need you. This is the environment I need you to create. This is what I need you to do so that I can let you in my head. Because if I walk into a situation or a place where I think, it's, it's not going to turn out good. I'm not going there. But, but I say all that to say, my, the conversations and the level of transparency I've been having has been making me feel uncomfortable, but it's necessary. I'm uncomfortable while I'm saying it. I'm uncomfortable while I'm saying it. But I realize I'm so much more blessed because I'm doing it. At the same time, I'm uncomfortable. But, but in the same token, I'm blessed because I'm allowing my wife to be my helpmate. I'm allowing her to be who she's created to be. I'm not excluding her from my life, but I'm including her even in my weakness. My God. I'm including her in my weakness. Because if I include her in it, she can help me so that I do not fall. The Bible says that a good man may fall seven times. I don't want to fall seven times. <laughs> I don't want to fall seven times. That lets you know that it's a possibility for you to fall, but I don't want to fall. And if I can get help, I'm going to allow myself to be uncomfortable. We, we, we don't allow ourselves to be uncomfortable so we can get help. We, we won't talk to therapists. We won't be honest with each other. Listen, the Bible tells us we need to, we need to confess our faults one to another. We, we need to be praying for one another. And I understand if you've been betrayed and some, some people have, have not been, been, been the best with the information and, and didn't do you right. But you need to pray that God put people in your life that you can lean on, that can pray for you, that can encourage you. Yes, you're going to be uncomfortable, but you are blessed because of it. You're uncomfortably blessed. Uncomfortably blessed. This, this gospel that we're preaching this is what we're teaching. This is not a game. This is, this, is not a, this, is, this is not just a Sunday thing. This has to be a life that you live every day. Every day. Listen, we're all being faced with challenges and situations. There's a lot of things that are causing us to feel uncomfortable right now. But we have to make up our mind we're going to serve the Lord with everything inside of us. And any, everything that I, anything that I need to do so that I can be successful, I'm going to do it. And that's even me being un 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 uncomfortable with being transparent and talking and, and, and letting people know, listen, you, listen you are, what you said insulted me. 
What you said hurt me, but I'm willing to get past that so that we can move forward. Some people have a problem with, with, with conflict. Me and my wife have been talking a lot about conflict resolution, working on conflict resolution. Many people don't really know how to have conflict resolution. You don't really know how to handle conflict. Why? Because it makes you uncomfortable. We had a young lady, I had a young lady walk up to me uh, in Sam's Club. And again, I'm not saying this boastfully, but we had, me and my wife, well, my wife did. She asked my wife. She didn't ask me. We know, we both know her. She asked my wife for some money, how many years ago? I don't know, maybe five years ago. And she said at her mouth, we'll pay you, we'll, I'll pay you back. Long story short, she got the money. She never paid back. Apparently, it's been really uh, bothering a young lady, right? I, I, I think it, initially, she had no intentions on giving the money back. She just was just going to do what she was going to do. So she seen me the other day. And my wife wasn't with me. She stopped me. She said, she said, hi. And she, you know how some people see you and they try to walk past you real quick? She was like. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. And, and, then, and then she got on the phone. She said, she said like that. I seen it. She said, I'm worse. I got to do it. It was uncomfortable for her, but she had to come back. And she said, you know, Corey, I want to apologize to you and your wife for not owning up my part and giving the money back. I said, this is what I said to her, I said, we forgive you and you got the victory. Because the victory wasn't really about the money, it was the, the victory was her actually owning up in that uncomfortable spot and, and owning and saying, you know, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I'm willing to give you the money back. And I said, sis, I said, I ain't even worried about the money. I'm just grateful that you were obedient to the Lord and you won. You won. You won the battle. You won the battle. You was able to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation to do what was right. You are blessed. And she almost started to cry while she was standing there. And I was like, I'll have Nisha call you. And her and my wife spoke. And I'm not sure how the conversation went. But, but the Lord is, is putting, he's allowing the uncomfortable situation to prove to you that you did it. You've matured. So when you face the uncomfortable situation, when you stand it and when, when you go and do it in spite of, that's how you know you got the victory. That's how you know you've done it. When, when you stay in a situation that your flesh is telling you to leave, but the Spirit is saying stay, you stay there, you got the victory. You've got the victory. And we have to be excited. We have to thank God for even the small victories, even the little things like that. We have to praise the Lord for that. We have to praise the Lord because we're all being faced with uncomfortable situations. But if we can take ownership of them and say, you know what, God, this is you. This is you. And I'm going to own up. I'm going to be responsible. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to try to run and, get, and take the Advil. I'm not going to take the Tylenol. I'm not going to numb the pain. But I'm going to allow everything this, this, this season and this moment is for me. I'm going to allow it to do what it's supposed to do. Amen. I got a couple of quotes that says, the only time you are actually growing is when you're uncomfortable. The only time, hear, hear me, the only time you're actually growing is when you're uncomfortable. It's nothing wrong with being comfortable, but you're not growing until you're uncomfortable. Until you become uncomfortable, that's when you're growing. If you're comfortable, that means, you know, you're doing okay. And listen, being comfortable has its season, it has its time. But God has called us to this place of being uncomfortable because he's growing us. He's growing us as a church. He's growing us as believers. He's bringing us to this level of understanding. Just like he brought the disciples up, the, up to that mountain, he brought them up to that mountain. And guess what happened? Jesus was transformed right in front of them. In other words, they got a glimpse of his internal glory. They, they, got, they got a chance to see him at a light they'd never seen him before. 
They got to experience God in a place that they've never experienced God before. What am I saying? God is calling us up so that we can experience him like never before. And many are forfeiting. Many are quitting. Many say, I don't have time for that. Many are saying, it don't take all that. But I'm telling you, it takes all of that plus some. It takes all of that. He took them up to a high mountain. And if you read it in uh, other Gospels, the, the Bible says, the Bible says, actually says in Luke, if you go read the same story in Luke chapter 9, it says the disciples went to sleep. He brought them up to a place, and because of what they were experiencing, they went to sleep. I come to tell you, don't go to sleep in this season. Stay woke spiritually in this season. Stay woke in this season. This is not a time for us to sleep. There will be a time to rest, but this is not it. This is a time for us to be spiritually woke, be spiritually discerning of what's going on. If we go back to Matthew chapter 16, in the beginning of that, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees because they wanted a sign. And Jesus said, how do you not know? How do you not see? How do you not discern what is going on? How are you that blind? It's right. It's clear. I know it's not preached as much, but Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I'm going to say it. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Do you not see the signs? Do you not see the times? Do you not see what we're experiencing? God is saying, I'm calling the church higher because I'm soon to come. I'm soon to come. Sometimes being uncomfortable is the only way to save yourself from settling. Sometimes being uncomfortable is the only way from, to save yourself from settling. Some, I'm going to say it again for you, sis. Sometimes being uncomfortable is the only way to save yourself from settling. This is part of us that wants to settle, and God is saying it is more in you. There's more for you. There's greater revelation. I want to take you higher. Don't settle for what you ha have had. Listen, can I speak to you? Can I speak to you, Mother Banks? There's more in you. Age to, see, they teach us in society that as you get older, you're supposed to be slowing down. Yes, physically, but in your mind and in your spirit, you should be running like a horse. You should be running. You, you, you should be going. You should be going in your mind, in your spirit, mothers. Y'all should be going. Revelation should be pouring out on y'all. Not that you have to go run to work, but in your study time, in your worship time, the, the, the glory of God should be oozing out of you. We, 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 God is saying, don't stop. Don't give up, Elder Reed. This, this is not a time to stop, stop studying. This is not a time to stop praying. This is not a time, Elder Neva, to stop interceding. I know you're intercessor. It's a time to intercede more. More, more, greater depth, greater understanding, greater revelation. It should be flowing out. He introduced them to a greater part of him. They, they, he introduced them to something greater. They have never seen Jesus in this light. And I'm coming to tell you, God, Jesus wants to expose himself to you in a greater light, in such a greater way. Man, I, I don't, for time's sake, I don't really have all the time to go into it, but, but, but think about this. He, 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 he took them up there. Jesus allowed them to see Moses, and he allowed them to see Elijah. If you do a, a, a deeper research on this, uh, it, look, Moses represented the law, and Elijah represented the prophet, the Old Testament. But, 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 but check this out. But check this out. At the end of it, they, they see that Jesus is the only thing standing. Jesus is, but listen, at the end of it, Jesus, the, the revelation of grace, the revelation of salvation, the revelation of who Jesus is, it basically was telling them that, listen, grace has trumped all of that. All of that was good for its season and its time, but I'm a greater revelation of that. That was good in its season. That was good for its purpose, but I've come to show you something greater. I've come to reveal something greater to you. 
Matter of fact, it says it like this in Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 26. It says, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. Right? Understand that Jesus was dealing with disciples that were Jewish. They, under, they knew the law. They knew the prophets. But this revelation of Christ was new to them. But it says the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor, for you are all sons of God through Jesus Christ. In other words, now that Christ has come, you are no longer under the law. You're no longer under the old way. I'm still trying to do business the old way, and God's saying there's a new flow. You're no longer under that old thing. You're no longer trying to do that old thing, but you ought to go on the new flow in which I have given you. I've created a new stream. I've created a new flow, and you need to hop in it. The law served as, it served as, a, as, a, as a, a tutor or a schoolmaster. It was, it, was, it was there to guide us while we were immature children. It was, it was there as a guide. It was a tutor. It was, it was there to keep us, right? The law kept, it gave us boundaries. But as you get older, as you become more mature, as God is shifting us to this higher level, we shouldn't necessarily need the law. Listen, I, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not committing adultery because the law said. I'm not committing adultery because in my heart, it's not good. I don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to destroy my children. It's, it's not about God telling me not to do it. It's the, it's, it's, it's the type of life I would have by doing it. It's not going to be good. Listen, I don't need the law to tell me to, to not smoke and drink. I don't want to smoke and drink because I don't want to die early. I don't want my body to be tore up. It's a greater revelation. I'm not, I'm not doing things just because the law is telling me not to do it, but I'm doing it because my heart has shifted. My mind has shifted. My, my, look, who, I know who I am. I am no longer a low life. I don't say that cocky, but I'm no longer a low life, and I don't live like a low life. That's not what I do. I live as a son. I live as a prince. I am a child of God. I eat better. I live better. I treat my family better. I am a leader. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do, the, do I'm not going to just say like, oh, well, I'm doing it because the Lord tells me no, but I've grown, I've matured. That's what God is getting us to. We need to get to this place of maturity where we're, we're not, do, listen, I'm not doing it because the Lord told me I shouldn't do it. No, 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 no. But really, why don't you do it? Really, why shouldn't you do it? Why, why did God say you shouldn't do that? What was, the, what was the greater revelation behind it? What is the consecration God is trying to get you to so that he can reflect his glory through your life? Maturity. He's allowing this uncomfortability so that we can become mature. He's exposing us to a new level. I believe there's more levels, but this level right here we have to get. This glimpse we have to get. And I just believe, I'm just going to speak it in the atmosphere. I'm not saying you, you have to go to the person, but if there's been somebody that you know you have offended or they've offended you, let it happen organically. But when God provides the opportunity, be reconciled. Be reconciled. The ministry of reconciliation, that's what he's given us. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you if you don't do this by the end of the year, you're going to die, they're going to die. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if God opens up an opportunity, just like that young, God allowed an opportunity for that young lady to come across me. And she could have. She could have said, I'm not doing it. She had an opportunity. God is going to allow an opportunity to come up for you to show his love and show his grace. Do not miss it. Right? This, 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 is the, this is the thing. It's not about you dying or them dying. It's about it becoming a stumbling block from you going to the next level. Remember what I told you. You walking in the uncomfortability is, is the proof that you've grown. 
You, listen, we talked about courage a couple of weeks ago. And, and if you do it in the face of fear, in spite of, that shows you've won. That shows you have the victory. In spite of what you feel like, if you still do it, you've got the victory. You got the victory. You got the victory. We're almost done here. We're about done. We're about done. I would rather feel uncomfortable pushing for better than feel uncomfortable settling for less. A couple of notes I wrote down. I would rather feel uncomfortable pushing for better. I'm going to say it slowly. I would rather be uncomfortable pushing for better than feel uncomfortable settling for less. God is calling us higher. God is using, he's using uncomfortability to help us to align with his truth. He's using uncomfortability to cause us to become more compassionate to others, especially our brothers and sisters that labor with us. I hope you guys heard that. He's causing us to become uncomfortable and, and causing it so that we can become more compassionate to our brothers and sisters. Many of us are, 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 are a, little, a little angry, a little edgy right now, ready to fight. And God is saying, I need you to be compassionate. The uncomfortability is causing us to change our posture before God. If you go back and read the scripture, when they got into that uncomfortable position, the Bible says they laid down with their face down. The uncomfortability is causing them to lay their face, it called them to lay, lay their face down and lay before God. They had to change their posture. The uncomfortability exposes us to the reality of the truth that God has been verbally telling us. God has been telling us that times like this would come. Bishop has been speaking to us, times will come, times will come. This is now the reality of those times. This is the reality that you, you're going to have to step up. You're going to have to step your game up. The, the, what you've been doing is not going to work, okay? You're going to have to do a little bit more. Amen? Amen. Uncomfortability. We're blessed. We're blessed, church. We're blessed. Come on, somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Many people are dealing with life situations right now. I know it. I know it. I know it. I was laying on my side in my closet, and I was like, Lord, what is it? Why can't I just get comfortable? Why can't I just get comfortable? I just want to, I'm just tired of this feeling. And he said, soon, son, soon, soon. Come on, can I prophesy to you soon? Soon. It's coming. You've been waiting on something. You've been asking God for something. I'm telling you, mother, soon. You keep showing up. Soon, mother. Whatever you've been asking him, soon. God is going to answer. It's going to come through. Soon. Soon, I'm not sure what that means, but soon, soon. Just believe, have faith. Believe only and doubt not. Trust the Lord your God. Trust the Lord your God. Trust the Lord your God. He's going to help you in your marriage. Come on, somebody right now, you may be watching online, and you've been praying about your marriage. You're uncomfortable right now. You and your spouse is fighting, you're, you're, you're getting along, you act like y'all are ready to just, just kill each other. But I hear the Lord saying, soon, 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 it's going to all work out. I'm going to bring it back together. You will be reconciled. Amen? Somebody's waiting on the financial breakthrough. I hear God saying, soon, 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 soon. We're, 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 listen, we're almost there. We're almost there. 
I'm not trying to pump you up for 2023, but I went back to the message that I spoke in the beginning of the year, and I just believe God has showed me that there's going to be a great resurrection in 2023. A great resurrection. A great resurrection. A great resurrection. Many of us have kind of been in this place where we, we feel buried. We feel like there's just dirt thrown on us. There's a lot thrown on us. And God is saying, listen, you're about to sprout up. You're about to sprout. Somebody need to receive that. You're about to sprout up. Things are about to turn around. It's about to come, become very clear, evidently clear, why you went through all of this. And it wasn't for nothing. And I just believe because I know the oil that is, that is on this house, I just believe an anointing of Joseph is coming on this house. Do you know what made Joseph so powerful? Is that God put him in a position to save his brothers and sisters. That's what made Joseph's story so powerful. God allowed him to go through all that comfortability. Not, listen, not to judge his brothers, not to be angry with his brothers, but when his brothers came, he had what they needed. Some might be angry like, y'all went off and did what y'all wanted to do. We was here laboring. We was here praying and holding it down. And God is saying, I'm going to bring them right back. I'm going to bring them right back. Why? Not for, you, not for you to talk about them, but for you to give them what they need. All that uncomfortability, all that you've experienced, you're going to be able to be compassionate to them. Woo! God is bringing some people back into your life. He's using the uncomfortability. He put, he's putting us in a position so that we can be a blessing. There's wealth on this house. We said this in one of our leadership meetings. I just believe that God has called us not only to, to, to be a help in the community, but God has given us the resources to provide the need for the community. We're, we're, in other words, he's given the financial resources. He's giving us what we need so that no, no, maybe we may not have the Thanksgiving dinner ourselves, but we can go help another church. We can go rally up together. We, we can provide the food for them. Listen, we may not have to have it here, but we can go to them. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. He's called us to be there for our brothers and sisters. And you'll be amazed at how by, by you just showing up and being a support. Josh, Joseph was a support that his, his brother and his father and them needed in their time of famine. He had a time of great harvest they had a time of great famine, and I just believe God is bringing us into a place of great harvest. Great harvest. And we can't be stingy with it. We have to give it. We have to give it. We have to be there for those that may be in famine. Amen. This is a production of Powerhouse Ministries Incorporated. Located in Smyrna, Delaware, where Bishop Dwayne L. Bull and Pastor Sybil Bull are our senior pastors. Tune back in for another empowering sermon, class, or midweek service experience that we know is going to bless your life. As always, come with the experience.